politics on the All In Network. It's the real to real, the jump off with your host, Walt Damage and Rob Cooper Jr. Music by DNA Beats. And now, All In Politics. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome back to the All In Network, the All In Podcast platform. I am the illustrious host for this afternoon, along with my partner, and I at, go by the name of Walt the Damager. And at Rob Cooper Jr. on Instagram, not Twitter. Not Twitter. What's going What's on, family? Oh, uh, man, it's a sunburn moment. Uh, as we know, one of the be- best beloved MCs passed yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Man X DMX. Um, and it's... It's it's taken away a lot of air um, from a lot of the news outlets and, and a lot of people's lives, um, as DMX did place, you know, a mark on many people's lives with his addictions and things that he spoke about and his testimonials. Uh, it's just so hard when the grass, man, as, as many legends, we're realizing that we come into this, this twilight of our age group, uh, we're starting to see a lot of our greats pass. Yeah, I, I tell you, one of one of the things I could say um about DMS, first of all, rest in peace, uh DMX. Um, you know, I remember when DMX was just a young uh beatboxer uh back in the I think it was the late eighties, uh, and I forget what the uh forget the the rapper's name who who he was beatboxing for, but um, you know, quickly emerged in the uh the nineties as a writer as well and then and then really kind of blew up the scene in the late 90s and uh, one of the things i can say you know about uh dmx and one of the things that i appreciate you know about his music is how he bridged the uh, generations and what i mean by that is he's probably the only rapper um that i can think of um and maybe there may be some other ones who was able to kind of bridge the the gap from kind of like old school generation into the new school. So meaning what I can say is, you know, DMX is like the first true hip hop artist that I can truly rock out with, with my sons, um, you know, at the same time simultaneously without me having to go, oh, you guys know who DMX is? You know what I mean? That that kind of deal. So he was like that first, he was that first rapper that we 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 kind of, you know, who came into existence and, and we were able to kind of enjoy his music real time uh without us having to kind of go back in, or me going back and try to play you know some some hip-hop of the of the past or some of the you know the past greats that we had um you know and he came he came through in a tough era i think in in um in hip-hop he really at the time when he emerged um you know uh hip-hop was going through uh, as we talked about this when we talked about with uh, dna beats it was actually going through that era where um you know, it had the, this, the the changing of the guards, as we saw. You know, where, you know, you know, you we had the the conscious rap followed by kind of gangster rap. Um, then, you know, we saw in the late '90s the emergence of you know the kind of like the shiny suits and more kind of like that R and B club kind of flavor. Uh, or I'll go back and say in the mid '70s, kind of like that disco <laughs> rap. <laughs> um, and and DMX was able to kind of emerge kind of bring, keeping that old school kind of flare in um and, and it really worked i mean i think it was very risky i think at that time 
um, you know, just because understanding, you know, radio was still hot. Radio was still king. That was before, you know, streaming and downloading music uh, uh, came to fruition. So, you know, he still had to rely on uh, radio and the one person, as we know, the, at that by that time in the in the late nineties, the one percent had a a one you know a one hundred percent grabs of uh, radio and particularly uh, black radio. Black radio was, as you know, Walt wasn't the same in in the late nineties as it was when we were growing up. Uh, so exactly. for him for him to be able to emerge in that era, um, I think um, it's a, it's a story that really is not really told too much. And I think, you know, I'm glad to see, unfortunately, you know, that to take his passing, but I'm glad to see that, you know, I'm kind of overwhelmed to seeing the response. Uh, I, 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 I'll be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> and, and Elijah who's producing our show, he's probably going to crack up laughing. I didn't know uh, so many people enjoy DMX um, music outside of me in my, in my car with my windows rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I wasn't the only one, though. <laughs> well, he definitely said earlier in the uh, monologue uh, that he definitely impacted a lot of lives. And like I said, just through his testimonial, he's one of the only few rappers that you can actually say you can identify with. Because as he said in his rhymes, I am the streets. I'm from the streets and I am mm -hmm. the streets. Yes. So when he spoke, he was like the street reverend, like the street pastor. Yeah. So he gave you a little bit of testimony, you know, read you a little bit of scripture. But at the same time, he tell you, you bust your ass, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, we definitely lost a great. I mean, he definitely, you know, paved his way and created his own lane with him and a Rough Rider brand, Swiss Beats and, and you know, their whole crew. Uh, one of the things I can say about X is that he had a lot of philanthropy behind him as well. A lot of people may not know, but he had his hands into a lot of other ventures, giving back to the community, kids, and things like that. Um, he is left uh, survived by uh, kids and an ex-wife, and he also has uh, a young bride that he was, a fiance that he was um, supposedly um, going to marry in the future. And he was also working on a couple projects so hopefully his legacy will be able to live on, carry through his voice and his song and his uh, body of work. That's right. That's right. And 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 no no disrespect to uh, Mr. Prince Phillips, who also passed. But uh, DMX was our prince. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Prince Phillips, but um, you don't hold no weight in our community. And I'm just going to be I'm not trying to offend nobody, but I'm, I'm just keeping it 100 uh, DMX. <laughs> exactly. DMX has done far more uh, in his 50 years uh, and ha living half that man's life uh, than uh, Prince Phillips would ever have done. And I'm not just trying to put it, throw it out there and not talk it ill to dead, but I'm just kind of keep it real because I can I can see, you know, and, and actually I'm not the only one. BBC has um, taken a uh, um, huge um, they're, they're taking huge criticism by the amount of coverage that they're giving a guy who pretty much played no role or no, and was no significance outside of taking care of his own family. Uh, DMX was a, a, a international icon um, whose music uh, spoke volumes to folks. And it's interesting, like you said, uh, Walt, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why he was able to emerge in such a crowded field. Um, you know, again, as you think about it too, that was right after Biggie and Pac, passed away um 
um, at the time in the mid nineties, uh, DMX was able to, um, you know, speak directly to the black man. Uh, you know, if you think about it, you know, um, you know, for folks who, you know, who are not in our community, um, as I, I like how you, you mentioned that he was kind of like a, a street preacher. He was, he was truly giving you true insights of the black man. And regardless of what status, uh, this man had, I mean, the black man had, whether this black man was a preacher or lived, lived a, a clean life, clean, dirty life. The, the fact of this matter is we all kind of have demons and we all wrestle with them, whether we, whether now, whether we express those demons, uh, externally, um, or internally DMX spoke to those, uh, th those, those pieces. And, um, you know, I, I, I think he was, he was, a, he was a great rapper. I want to ask you this though. Where, where would you put him out there, man? Um, you know, I, you know, I know, you know, we're, we're quick to throw goat statuses on, uh, folks after they die. But when you, when you kind of look at some of the greats and, and, you know, rap is still a, a, a pretty young, on genre of music. I mean, we're, we're only talking about 40 years right now. Uh, but where would you put uh, DMX at, uh, Walt? Just uh, I, I will put him up in one of the top 10. Yeah, if I, I think about, so. If we're talking about lyricism, he definitely was a, a great lyricist, a lyricist and wordsmith. And when you, when you think about goats and you talk about um, the aspect of artistry, that has to be one of the main key points you focus upon when you talk about an artist, it has to be the lyrics. Um, and not to take an aside from the spotlight on X for a minute, just like when we were looking at the verses uh, the other day with Earth, Wind & Fire versus the Isley uh, right. right. Their body of work and their catalogs expressively alone dealt with the penmanship and how they dealt with human uh, equalities and and love and emotion and, and compassion and things like that, it dealt to a higher level itself. And it's very rare you come across an artist that will reach the mantra in which they become uh, without that one category, lifting them above that plateau of artistry. I mean, you have to have a pen. I mean, you can probably sing, dance, do all that other stuff. I mean, that's a, a secondary approach to you know, having a band and good writers. You know, and, and I, I agree. Um, you know, one of the things, and you talk about kind of like the versus, um, you know, the versus piece, and I believe DMX was was on one of those uh, verses. Yeah, it was I Snoop. Believe. The, with Snoop. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, one of the first couple ones. Yeah, one, one of the first ones, right? Uh, uh, and you know, so what emerged even from that? I, I you know, remember that. Uh, you know, one of the first verses that were coming, you know, were coming out, and and um, you know, reflecting back on Earth, Wind, and Fire, and and the Isley Brothers and things like that, um, and just. You know, just seeing the the internet chatter and, and kind of reminds me too back when Patty LaBelle and um Gladys Knight uh did theirs and Dion War came on. Um just that appreciation again, you know, kind of being able to transcend generations um of good music. Um and and I think one of the I think positives of, of this year of living in a pandemic and and living in quarantine um to your point walt is how we as a community really stayed intact as a community and i'm, I'm just going to say this quite frankly the black community um mm -hmm. 
created our own community. I think we, and we've, even though it, it, it became virtual, right? Because, you know, the black churches all closed down, the mosques closed down, the black synagogues closed down. But through this technology, um, the black community was able to continue to lean on each other and lean on what we have cherished for so many years to kind of raise our raise our our vibration. Um, and I know on several podcasts back we talked about kind of like the new normal, right? So what does the new normal look like? Well, right now to me, the normal right now it's now normal to kind of raise that frequency level um, where we're at. And I just hope that, you know, with things starting to open up um, as, um, you know, uh, vaccines start uh, being rolled out and some other measures that are, are being taken to attack the uh, COVID-19 um, virus, um, I just hope that we will be able to maintain some um remain that 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 piece of the community that I think that we we've gathered virtually and uh, to your point continue to kind of work towards that higher self um because at the end of the day that's what you know DMX uh his music did for us uh that's what earth when it fired that's what you know um, um some some topics of some, some some folks who are you know philosophers and things like that you know who who come on that's what we're doing uh through right. through podcasting giving out free flow of information uh just want to make sure that we continue to kind of stay connected um and continue to raise each other's um vibrations but unfortunately as things start opening up we're starting to see some of the ills and monsters of of the past and, and pre-pandemic, meaning this, mm -hmm. this gun violence. And it's interesting because one of the things I said in, our, in one of our beginning um, podcasts, when we started really going strong with our podcast, when we went into quarantine, I said, one thing you don't got to worry about right now with everybody locked in is you don't got to worry about mass shootings. But now mm -hmm. all these all these governors and things like that was started with a with a president who was ill informed, um, and, and quite frankly, just in over his head. And and, and I'm not going to mention his name, but the the guy, the, somebody calls him Florida man. When when we have Florida man occupying the White House, um, you know, he was just in over his head, and he did he didn't know how to manage. He didn't know how to, he, this man couldn't manage his own life, let alone manage a global pandemic. Um, but when we went into shutdown, you know, last year this time, you know, you, there was a, a sense of calm. There was a sense of peace, although mixed in with a little fear of the unknown with the, with the virus. But one thing that we didn't have was we didn't have these mass shootings. And then no sooner, soon as, um, soon as things started opening up, we saw, you know, mass shootings. Uh, we saw uh, the shooting of Ahmad Aubrey. Um, we saw again police violence uh, return, um, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Chauvin's case, um, him murdering um, George Floyd, which he's on trial for. We'll talk a little bit about that. But now gun violence, and, and really, this kind of reared his ugly head. And it's, I really think that this is something that we need to really address, Walt now before um 
you know, we take, you know, before the places open up, as you remember too, one of our founding fathers of this podcast, you know, Malika Z, that was one of the things, God rest his soul, may God be pleased with his works, that he was one of the things that he came on and was talking about the heavy gun violence. And that's something that he dedicated his life to trying to rid, you know, not just the Philadelphia community, but our whole com the black community of whole of, of this gun violence. But now we've seen that the gun violence is, is going beyond the black community. It's in the white communities, in the Asian community. It's pretty much everywhere. It's, it's an epidemic is where we're at. So we're coming out of a pandemic and going right back into an epidemic. Uh, correct. And I can, I can definitely agree with that. The other thing that's a rising uh, issue within our community, and I was talking to uh, another friend of mine. As a matter of fact, he was going to be uh, on the next upcoming podcast. We had one scheduled for yesterday, but you know, due to work-related reasons, he was unable to attend uh, Octavius Green Jr., and the discussion was in regards to these ghost guns where yes. you can go on the Internet and create a weapon with no serial number, uh, get the ingredients to produce and, 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 uh, produ and produce mm -hmm. and create pistols. I mean, uh, a weapon, a, a viable Well, I think we, we lost you that can actually be used as a weapon. And with that being said, I, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Mm -hmm. Am I here? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So going back to, okay, going back to what I was saying, as far as, you know, these ghost guns, it's like, there's no serial numbers. There's no way to really trace them. And the accessibility to the internet, the fine ways to, to, you know, that will cause destruction. I mean, they're going to have to really go back in this legislation, man, and put some some stops in it. I mean, stop creating legislation. We already have legislation created. People, I think that, you know, the law-abiding body and law officials are going to have to, you know, put the, or turn the reverend, like turn the uh, engines up on, you know? Uh, I know you remember back in the early 90s, there was a DA by the name of Lynn Abraham. You know, and she struck fear in the hearts of these people out here in the community. They thought they didn't think twice about doing crimes because they was afraid of the time. So I think we need to go back and resort to those times to put the fear back these people to, to let them know that, you know, this is not going to be tolerated. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think fear is, is one of them. But I, I think education is 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 the key uh to this piece and and i know as one of part of biden's gun control executive order as you mentioned about the ghost guns that's that's actually i think key number one um in his executive order um it is expected to be challenged by the um the republicans um quite frankly i i, I just don't get it at this point um i, I don't see the upside um, in 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 fighting this fighting this um, from a Republican standpoint, uh, other than just becoming obstructionist, um, I think the the notion that um, you know all oh, these 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 folks are going to take our guns is 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 nonsense. Well, it, it, I'm I'm certainly 
a believer in the Second Amendment. Um, and I and, then, and there's nothing in the Constitution that will tell you that, you know, gun control is a violation of your Second your Second Amendment constitutional uh, rights. Uh, a good friend of both of ours, he, he called me uh, today. He was at the gun range, and he heard these um, these uh, middle aged white gentlemen in line, and they were talking. And they were all literally no pun intended, but literally up in arms about, you know, Biden's uh, gun control executive orders that he, he wrote. And I'm just, I'm just thinking like, you know, fools, um, are you watching the news? Uh, and, and I, I think these same guys, I think most of the times these, these folks and these, generally these Trump supporting, uh, white Republicans, uh, honestly, I would think if Biden didn't do anything, they would be criticizing him there. So it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you're damned if you don't. But their right. go-to line is so tired, and it really is um, that you know if if we put together these put to, put in these laws, uh, we're going to they're going to take away our guns. Well, here's here's something that folks should know, and 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 you can look it up on themselves right now. There's probably more gun legal gun owners now in America. Than ever before, um, you know. In fact, um, the um, the gun sales under President Obama were were much higher than under Trump, which is and, and he was supposed to be the guy that they said in twenty in two, uh, 2008 that he was the one that's going to take everybody's guns. Um, yeah. When your gun control is, is is exactly what it is, it's not the abolition of guns it's not the abolition of the second amendment it's control right meaning do you really need an ar-15 uh to go hunting deer why do you need a ar-15 <laughs> you know it, 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 so it's all for home protection. right right for home protection. what do you need it what do you need an ar-15 for you know and and then you know every time uh you know then you see and you see all these mass shootings 95% of the time it's an AR15. You know, uh you know when when the gentleman went in, in Georgia went through shooting, you know, targeting uh Asian women and, and murdering them. Um extended clips, yeah. buck stocks and all of that stuff. Yes, you know, then you had the incident in, in Colorado where where a gentleman went out people were out there getting COVID-19 vaccines and shopping for bread and eggs and you know start dodging bullets and you know what I mean? You know, one guy came out. He said, "Man, I didn't know going going into the store getting a soda, I almost died." You know, uh, and then you know you had the situation in in South Carolina. Um, you know, it it's just uh, it's at a point where it's not really that we're trying to take guns out of your hands, but we want to make sure that the folks who have guns in our hands are number one sane individuals, um, have common sense, and are using it strictly for the reasons of the constitution and that is for protection and home protection and protect yourself from home invasion. Anything else right. is nonsense. It's absolutely, it's absolutely nonsense. And it, and it makes, it makes no sense. And I, I stand with president Biden's um, executive order. I wish that he didn't have to sign an executive order. I wish that we had a, um, a, a competent legislator that can, you know, put through laws and and put through some common sense gun laws um, for the um, for American people, you know what I mean, so that we could live safely and walk our our streets safely. Um, again, you know, and the only reason why 
I'm going to just be, keep it 100. The only reason why these folks don't care is because, yes, every now and then they have a mass shooting in their, um, in their communities. But we, we have the onesies and twosies every day in our community. And if, mm-hmm. this, if, 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 if you flip the script and if this was happening in the white community, you would see uh, gun control. The other thing, too, and, and, and I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100. If every black man goes out there and buys a gun, you would start seeing these white Republicans start using um, or, or heading for gun control. And you say, well, Rob, that's racist, what you said. It'd nah. just be like the voting act. It'd just it, Exactly. That's, and I'm going to say, no, that's fact. Ronald Reagan actually did that. When the Black Panthers marched on the ca- Sacramento, the capital of, of California, when he, when Ronald Reagan was the governor of California, and they marched mm-hmm. on there with a gun, with their guns legally, first thing he did, he he created statewide legislation making it illegal to carry guns on a, on state uh, state, state property. property. And none of the Republicans, none of the Republican people in this party challenged him on that. In fact, they voted in lockstep with him. So. It's it it, it it just like any other piece of legislation. It comes down to race. As long as black people are getting killed, it's not a problem. When white folks getting killed, now it's a problem. So it's it's um it goes it goes with with uh, you know you know everything that we've talked about. And I think this um, executive order that uh, President Biden has has signed um, is at least something to kind of move. Right. And I think a little bit of the conversation get convoluted due to the fact that um, the legal gun owners are upset that the illegal uh, gun suppliers or users are getting these laws created that will somewhat infringe upon the rights of those that are holding illegally. Um, right. To the contrast, some of it will look like it'd be a barrier for legal gun owners because now you got to walk a finer line because of somebody that's illegal and don't care about the risk and the consequences that's being given. But as they said, with nine 11, you got to get a little to get a little. So, I mean, if you're a legal gun owner, you're doing your, everything you got to do and you're staying within the, the, you know, the rights and regulations of, you know, your permission to carry and do what you need to do as a just and diligent citizen. I don't think you would worry about any of the laws that's being created against these as breaking against Buffalo, not these, but those that are breaking the law. That's right. You're listening to the All In Politics podcast. You're also watching us on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel. If you like the contact that you're listening uh, to right now, um, go over to the All In Network's YouTube page. Just type in All In Network. And up there will come in the first of all the All in Politics show. Also on that um, on that site, you will hear some sports talk. If you're a sports fan, we have the All in Network Sports Talk Show with Mike Basson and Elijah Cooper. They are the founders of the All in Network. They put together a really fine network with a lot of content content on there. Uh, but what you know, if folks um, you know folks don't have um, uh, the content that they need from big corporate media, what should they do when they go over to uh, All In Network's YouTube page? Oh, man, this is going to be a special one for today. I want you to grab any type of device that's operable at the moment that you can download it, whether it's a, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's a laptop, tablet, whatever else. I want you to grab it. I want you to stop, drop, 
shut them down, open up shop, and smash the subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. And also make sure you, you hit us up on all of our social media um, um, outlets. Uh, you got Facebook, IG, Twitter, um, you know, uh, your mama's house, wherever. All in network. And, and truly, that's why I'm at. I'm broadcasting from my mama's house. All in network is global and, and, and international. So uh, make sure that you subscribe to all of our social media platform one final note before we we break out of here walt there's a trial going on right now um the prosecution spent all last week in the uh derek chauvin case notice we didn't call it the george floyd trial it's the derek chauvin trial let's get it right let's get it right let's understand who's on trial he is on trial for murder he is on trial for murdering an innocent black man. Quite frankly, he should be placed on international trial after this for terrorism, quite frankly, if it was up to me. But give me your thoughts uh, so far. Uh, I know the um, the prosecution put their case out today and, and we heard from their witnesses. Um, I believe we, we should be hearing from the defense um, pre to present their case uh, this week. Uh, what's your thoughts so far? Um, from what I've seen so far, the prosecution has laid out uh, a good um, understanding and focal point for the the um, the jurors to look at and dissect. I mean, it was a lot of information. Um, and when it comes to giving the burden of proof to disclaim any shadow of a doubt, I believe they did a good job. Uh, the expert witnesses that came on, uh, even his own colleagues in the police department, his trainers from the police department, uh, the medical examiner, and all those above that came through this week to give their um, testimonial adherences to what's going on. I, I believe they did a good job. Um, my thing is that a lot of stuff that we didn't know in the news earlier on about the 847 or 846 or whatever else, now realizing that it was an extended amount of time and there was no um, resuscitation used, there was no uh, means of trying to let up on the pressure. I mean, this guy had his hands in his pocket while the other hand was holding on to the wheel. Like, I mean, the, the things that, that has been brought to light, I mean, it saddens, it saddens me. And as I know, it does a lot of Americans to see that the people that are supposed to come and serve and protect are the people that came to serve and break a brother's neck. So hopefully justice will be served because if it isn't, uh, it's sad to say that you will see another side of America that you have never seen before. And just so uh, folks, for you young folks out there, Walt just, uh, he just quoted a lyric from Ice Cube back in 1990 uh, when he said, uh, talking about police officers, he said to serve, protect, and break a end's neck. And uh, that's interesting. Um, it's interesting where um, we're at today. Um, maybe Dr. Uh, or Derek Chauvin, when he was a youngster and listened to that music and was always dreaming while he was getting beat up at, you know, at, at lunchtime and, and at recess. Um, he probably always dreamed of doing that, um, going to the police academy uh, just so that he can, you know, um, evoke revenge on the black community um and evoke terror on the black community uh when we just so we we just so hope that that justice uh will will prevail um i, I i'll be very guarded in in my my 
comments about the uh, the trial so far, um, other than just say that I, I do think that the um, the prosecution did a, a fairly decent job. Um, I kind of re- I'll reserve my judgment on things, you know, after the uh, after it goes to the jury and, and hear the, the verdict to kind of give some more detailed analysis. Um, I am anxious to hear the defense's case. Um, so far, I think the defense um, has done. Um, I, I say this, Derek Chauvin's uh, lawyers um, have done a, a fairly decent job of um, disrupting, um, deflecting, um, and trying to. Uh, they're fighting. They're fighting really hard for uh, for their person. And as as scum as I think this guy is, he is an American citizen, and he he is. Um, I, how can I say he should be afforded, He's afforded due, due, justice. Ju- due, justice, due justice? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So let, let you know. Let's be be clear on 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 that. Um, so I, I I just hope that um, you know that the uh, the jurors as they review the evidence um, take all that in, into account. This man's life and really kind of stay focused um, because the defense is really good. They're they're very good at you know having you know taking trying to take this trial to other places um and i just hope that the 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 jurors are not falling for uh the tricks and the schemes uh of uh the defense but but i think the two things i'm not mad at them i I, i'll just say this one last thing but let me be clear i am not mad at the defense uh if if i'll just say this if i got caught red-handed uh murdering someone um on on national and international tv um, I, I think I would want these folks defending me as well. So I think, you know, from a, from a legal standpoint, I think that they're doing a um, they're doing a pretty good job in, in trying to sow um, reasonable doubt, which which is their job. So I, I just and also I want to be clear too, Walt, real quick. One, I want folks to understand because I, I get a lot of calls and texts and things like that with folks being upset with the defense attorney. Let's let's be clear: the defense attorney is not on trial. The defense attorney is actually doing his job. Right. The fact that the, the defense attorney is even in court is because Derek Chauvin did not do his job and right. he took the life of another human being. Uh, so let's let's be clear. Let's not deflect our anger um, to folks who are out there doing their job. The prosecution as well. They're doing their job. There's one man, one man in this court, in this courtroom who is the one who is the reason why we are all in here today. Not even George Floyd. It is Derek Chauvin. It was his decisions that he made is the reason why we're here. So let's be clear. Right. So now we're looking at uh, intent and liability. So they're the two uh, number one things you want to look at in this case moving forward. Did he intend to do it? Was it deliberately done, accidental, or whatever else like that? And then the liability. No matter how much drugs George Floyd could have taken, was it a key component or was it the major component that have him uh, pass over? So, like you said, we'll be looking at this in the next upcoming week um, to dissect it and just bring it back to people and get you know opinions and facts, and we'll do our you know weekend review. Right, right. And finally, a final final topic that we want to quickly jump on and touch on, um, because I think more information is going to come out on this is uh, uh, the QAnon great 
uh, Matt Gates, and I think Matt Gates. Um, one of the the themes of QAnon is that they were looking to find the sex traffickers uh, and, and to stop sex trafficking. So uh, maybe, uh, yeah, piece of gate, all that other stuff. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I can't tell you if Matt Matt Gates is guilty or or innocent, but. Um, you know, I saw him. Um, I, I did see him walking out with pizza sauce on his lips uh, the other day. So uh, it ain't looking too good for him. Um, I, I can tell you. Uh, and I just want to hear where all the QAnon folks at, you know, where mm-hmm. where were, uh, you know, remember last year or the year before then about last year, uh, save the children campaign and all that stuff. Uh, where are they at now? Um uh, with 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 uh, with this clown, um, I, I saw that. Um, I think one of the funniest pieces of this this case was when this guy was on with uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, another um, Tucker Carlson, another clown from um, from Fox Entertainment, um, where you know he he uh, they were saying he he, he kind of said you I'm not you know I'm not gonna quote him word for word, but he he said, uh, "Hey Tucker, you know you you was there. You <laughs> remember we was all out together. Tucker was like, uh, did you know? <laughs> I'll know you." <laughs> so it, it's just so funny, man. How these Republicans, man, when when one of their own start going down, uh, they all start to uh, get amnesia uh, real quick. Uh, but um, and mind you, let's let's understand this too. I want everyone to understand it was Trump's Donald. Trump's, and this is the only time I'm gonna mention that clown's name. It was his Justice Department, and I'm just saying his name for clarity, that actually opened up the investigation of Matt Gates. Let's be clear, not not Biden. Now, Biden's folks are they gonna end it and they going you know, they they zeroing in like sharks on this clown. But uh, but it was Donald Trump's Justice Department mm-hmm. that opened up um that opened up the investigation. And it's also funny how Matt went to uh, his Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, and asked him to give him some pardons. At least that was reported. And, um, well, evidently Donald didn't, you know, Donald didn't uh, cast out his blessings on him. So, um, but I guess, you know, hey, uh, Matt still believes in his Lord and Savior, like the rest of these clowns, uh, this guy. And, and Donald did it again. Donald did it like he did it for everybody else, man. Evidently, uh, Matt Gates and 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 I'm gonna just say this. Evidently, white America, Donald Trump likes black little Wayne better than he likes y'all. What's your thoughts, man? Well, as I said, um, he's claiming that he's free from any liability, culpability, or anything else against this uh, sex traffic and prostitution or whatever else you want to have, call it. But. I recall back in 2017, wasn't he the one that voted against the anti-Trump bill? He, he certainly did. He certainly did, man. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't. You know, I mean, yes, he he did vote against that. But um, how ironic! How ironic would that be? That's right. And I'm gonna tell you, you something. I'm gonna to know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish. I was want to say it's funny how. When you're a thief and you're among thieves, you don't want to institute policies and procedures knowing that you're already in violation of. So you protect yourself by blanketing it, you know, throwing a cover over it so you can continue doing your dirty deeds. So now that the chickens have come home to roost and he needs to be held accountable, all those things that he was against is now going to be formally charged against him when it's his time to serve his justice. 
That's right. And then, you know, the, you know, they got receipts, right? They, so they, they got some receipts. They got cash apps, Reno, PayPal, <laughs> checking account, everything. But here's the other piece, too. And, I, and I'm going to close on this. You always know, man, when they um, when they when they start talking money. Right. And they start tracing money. They start grabbing receipts. Right. So the prosecutors on on this now. You know who's you know who generally is is not too far from um you know the next the next uh uh alphabet boys that that are probably going to be in this mix too right when you anytime you see money and receipts who's that wall who do you think that would be uh that that's probably going to be rearing their heads into this case uh very shortly to just to, to sniff to see if there's any um you know if there's all things are are straight and and right in his act who do you think that would be if For not I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you think is coming next? Oh, there's a couple people I think is coming next. Uh, I, I'm definitely looking at McConnell. Yeah, well, well, the, as far as the alphabet boys, I'm going. I'm just going to come out, and make go out on them, and, and make a prediction that the IRS is probably licking their chops right now. Oh, <laughs> somebody indeed. say re, somebody say receipts. Receipts, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because you got to remember, their that money was being crossed against them apps. Right. Right, and a lot of it wasn't being reported. Man. Right, so yeah, of course. So, so uh, we're talking international commerce, all that, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So they got um, stuff in books in Bahamas, were they in Bahamas and, <laughs> and the Caribbean and all over the place, right? Yeah. So you know, so you know, the, uh, the IRS always gonna want a piece of their booty. So mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I'm just I want to throw that out there as kind of like a, a quasi prediction. Don't be surprised, y'all, if if um they don't find anything on you know what they have right now that they definitely will get him on on some kind of tax fraud or or or, or tax evasion or something like embezzlement. that embezzlement so, no embezzlement so so this guy man as that article said uh, that that we posted um just a few minutes ago uh it ain't looking good for uh matt gates but so what man great addition man another uh you know, all in politics episode covered quite a quite a bit of ground, man. And um, you know, it's it's always good to get the folks uh, get information out to the folks. And uh, again, we continue to be a platform that is not, um, you know, that is not um, a corporate owned. We're not we're not owned by you know the big giants um, out there. Uh, we're just you know small group of of young men. Uh, trying to uh, keep our community informed. Uh, so, yeah. With with that being said, man, let's take us home. I'm I'm ready to go get me a cheesesteak since I'm here in Philly. Oh man. So yeah, uh, this was another great episode. Once again, rest in peace to DMX and our condolences out to the Simmons family. Um, yeah, just just moving forward, uh, we need to keep you know the people informed. Those that are uninformed. Uh, our platform has always been to give the voice to the voiceless uh, and to always uplift our communities. I um, want to say I say to the ancestors and thank you for blessing us to bestow upon this beautiful day. Uh, you know, peace to the community and peace to, you know, the children growing up. Um, it's a sad state of affairs that they got to see the condition of the way America is right now. But to each one, teach one, um, you know, still practice and stay in the 120s and stay positive. And like I said, just keep your head up. And I say, I must say, I say to the ancestors and, and God bless. God bless. Peace. Peace.